Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. When you live this life, you must always live it with purpose. That's really what keeps you here. You have to know why you get up every day. You have to understand the assignment that's on your life. Um, it's a lot of things in this planet that can happen to make you not want to be here. So you always have to know your purpose. You always have to know why you get up and you do what you do every day. And every child of God should be on divine assignment. Every child of God should be on divine assignment. And Apostle Paul said, I fought a good fight. When he got to the end, he said, I'm done. I'm finished. When you know your assignment and when you know it's completed, you know when you finished. And sometimes people just get up and just live every day. Just get up. And that's not how the child of God should live. Just get up and work is not, you know, your job can be a part of your purpose of God. I don't want to say it's not. But uh, everybody's purpose should be connected to the local church. Because Jesus said, upon this rock I build my church. And we uh, are part of building the church for the purpose of expanding the kingdom of God. Let that be your overall purpose because at the end of the day, the Bible says, Somebody said it, only what you do for Christ will last. That's the only thing that's going to matter at the end of the day. And everybody is appointed unto men once to die. And then we stand in the presence of God and you want to hear well done. I keep telling you that you don't want to hear well what happened. <laughs> you want to hear well done. And I, and I believe that's what Pastor Diana heard because of her service in the kingdom of God. Amen. So take, open your Bible with me tonight, and I think s several of the women, uh, Pastor Cynthia is out in California with uh, Pastor Nancy Dufresne and Candace went with her, and uh, I think there's a few others went with her, so they're having a great time, praise God. So, um, but I got a word for you tonight that's going to help you, it's going to help you finish, amen. I got one amen, I got one person wanting to finish. The rest of you are freezing. You're in the cold church. <laughs> the rest of you are in the first church of the cold. Praise God. <laughs> you shout, you can warm yourself up if you praise God. Yeah, I got a story for you now. Praise God. Dr. Jacobs, he went to Cuba. He went to Cuba on a mission trip. And um, he had to go through Mexico because the United States don't have a trade with uh, with Cuba, and um, at that time I know it wasn't in existence, probably not even now. But um, so you had to go through the city, of, you had to go through the nation of Mexico, and then fly to Cuba. And he got there, and he came back to the church, and he started telling us about the trip. And there was a woman that so impressed him because she began to praise God so. Well, let me back up here a minute to get to church. All the cars were 1950s. There's nothing current because they don't make cars like that. Everything has to be shipped in to that island, so they don't make cars there. And so because there's no trade really with the United States and probably other European nations, there's a lot of poverty in that nation, and there's some extreme wealth too. But the part that he went to um, and the downtown areas he was in, 
everything is back to the 1950s. And people work on those cars, just keep fixing them, keep fixing them, and patching them up. And um, he said, so most people have to get a ride to church. The ride to church that he saw at this particular church was on the back of a flatbed forward truck, a, a big, you know, a two-ton truck or whatever tonnage truck, and it's just a flat bed, and then there's rails where you hold on to. And he saw women getting off those trucks with their babies, their purse, holding on to the rail, riding to church. Boy, <laughs> and that's how they come into church. Amen. If you, if you start feeling bad about not being here, then go on and feel bad. Because the American church, the American church needs to check itself. It really does. And when we have to stand in judgment in the presence of God and we see the service that other people have done compared to us, you know, sometimes it could be said, woe is me. But anyway, they got in the service and he said this lady started praising God. And her praise was so intense, he said, <laughs> was intense, but it was in a, intense in a place where the ceiling was corrugated metal. And then the sun was so hot and intense, forget about wearing a suit, just wearing a short sleeve shirt. And it was hot in the building, and she began to praise God until she was praising him in her own sweat. He said it was a, literally a puddle of sweat on the floor. There is a level of service where people love Jesus. And I enjoyed him going out to those places because he would come back and tell us how other people were serving God. And I never forgot that story. So I'm telling you, cold is better in here tonight <laughs> than a corrugated metal. But anyway, I'll never forget that. And he said they were honorable people. They didn't have much meat. Even though they live on an island surrounded by sea, fishing is illegal. You just can't go out there and throw your rod in the water. You're going to get arrested, and that could end, that could end up losing your life over something like that. And we should be thankful for where we live and what we have. That's what I learned from that trip. But he said, for them to serve us chicken, something that we can go to Bojangles, Kentucky Fried Chicken, or make it at home yourself, something that simple and something that's so plenteous in this country. He said, for they, they were rationed meat, and to get that and to serve it to them was just an act of honor, and they were so glad to do it. And uh, I never forgot that, that testimony of that trip that he went on. We ought to be thankful for God, to God, for everything that we have. We ought to be so grateful to him for his mercy and his kindness to this country and to us personally as his sons and daughters because we're so blessed uh, to live in this nation. We really are. And a lot of times we may look at things that we don't think is, is on the par, on level where we think it should be, but you're always doing better than you think you are. When, it, when you look, God doesn't look at just Nashville, he looks at the world. And there are people out there serving him on a, on, on a scale of honor that we have to be that way too, regardless of the comforts of life we have. We ought to be honored to be in the local church, amen? amen. Praise God, so it's, it's better, amen. I want you to turn over here to Matthew chapter 21. Cold is better. Somebody say, praise God. Because you can always heat yourself up. You can run, take a lap. You can have a shouting fit right now and warm yourself up. Amen. 
Matthew chapter 21. I, I'll hold up and let you have it. Praise God. Matthew chapter 21. I want this to be, <clears throat> I'm teaching this tonight because I'm teaching on prayer tonight, and I really want to get to praying in the spirit, but I'm, I'm, doing, I'm dealing with a general statement of prayer. The church, the church has to go to a place of intercession that it has not been, that our lifestyle should be marked by fellowship with the Father, and he is our heavenly Father. And one of the, one of the things that God told me when Pastor Diana was going away had gone away to be with the Lord, that's somebody who spent half of their life, over 30 years, imparting to me so that I would finish my course in life. That's what she did with her life, imparted to other people and caused them to believe in the call of God on their life. And that's what she did. Well, I said, she's gone now. And, and there is no going back. That's the thing about it is there is no going back. There's only going forward. Everybody have to decide and places in their life, how do I can continue to keep going forward? He said to me, she's in heaven now, and, I, I, and if you want to have common ground with her, you have to become more heavenly. You have to become more heavenly because that's what the Bible is calling you to do. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, set your mind on things above and not on things on this earth. Now, that's a challenge for everybody to live. I look at that scripture all the time because our lives many times are consumed with what's happening down here. Our lives are consumed with what's happening in our homes, what's happening in our jobs, what's happening to our bodies, what's happening to our family, what happened to our finances. But if you really are going to live a victorious life, then you have to be a heavenly-minded person doing your whole tour while you're here on this earth. Because God really, it, he, his design is for everything to be on the heaven standard. Amen. I'm going to say that again. His design is for everything to be on the heaven standard. The devil is what lowered it to this standard. Amen. The devil is what, and, and when getting born again is beginning, born again means to begin to experience what heaven is like. It means to be born from above. There's two births. It's your earthly birth. And the second one has been born from heaven. That's what the Bible says. Your spirit has been recreated in the image and likeness of God that sets in heaven because he made us in his image and likeness. Satan's plan is to create an environment of nothing but killing, stealing, and destruction. That is his whole goal, is to create a planet of nothing but stealing, killing, and destruction. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it life more abundantly. But where did he come from? He came from heaven. He said, prepare me a body and let me come to that earth. And he brought the kingdom of heaven with him. He brought it in a government. He brought an environment. He brought an institution from heaven so that the people on the earth, while you're serving God and while you're waiting on your time for transition, you can have days of heaven on earth. That's what he told the children of Israel. You can have days of heaven on earth while you are here. And one of the ways you can measure that, is anybody up in heaven worried about anything? And no, they're not, praise God. There's not a care. There's not one, not one care in heaven. Well, you don't have to have one here. He says, you cast all your care to me. Care is, is a mindset about a problem that you can't fix. It's, it's a negative mindset about a problem that you can't fix. And God doesn't want you to have that because it can produce stress, 
It can produce worry, and those two things will break down your immune system, and you'll have sickness in your body. And if you become an expert warrior, amen, or an expert person of an expert person in anxieties, then you leave it us. You are not going to be here long carrying worries. It's going to begin to affect your complexion. It's going to begin to affect your tissue and muscle structure, and you're leaving. And it's going to take over your immune system. You'll have no defense against things like corona, the common cold, or whatever, cancer, whatever. Your body's designed to kill cancer. It's designed to kill it on sight. God put that in your body. But worry and stress will break down your immune system and having a tongue that doesn't represent a tongue from heaven. The Bible said our words should be seasoned with grace. You can't, you can't get up and talk about hard times and hard things. You can't get up and have a neck and talk about how bad things are. You can't do that. You can't have a, a mouth of murmuring and complaining. The Bible said do all things. Do all things without it. Amen. It shouldn't be one murmur and complain. Amen. At Church on the Rock, until I sing you praise God, Amen. In a corrugated roof building at 100 degree and in your own sweat, there should be not one ounce of murmuring and complaining. Praise God. You got chicken in the freezer, chicken around the corner. You got chicken. You so you tired of chicken. Tell me, I don't want no more chicken. <laughs> that, that, is, that, is the, that is the premium meal for some people. We got to look at things like God looks. He sees the whole thing. He sees the whole thing. But you don't do things that ruin your own stay while you're here. No, there's no worry in heaven, and that's why we got to become more heavenly-minded than we are earthly-minded. And it's going to be a challenge for everybody because most Christians' head is in the world. I don't care how they shout hallelujah here. When they leave here, the head leaves the service here where we're trying to produce a heavenly environment, and it goes right back out there into the world. And you have to, on purpose, cast down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God that comes from heaven. You got to cast down imagination. You have to work on setting your mind on heaven. You got to work on making your, your mind set heavenly goals. Well, I'm going to think about the assignment on my life today. I'm going to think about the word of God. I'm going to think about the promises of God. I'm going to think about how God is blessing me more than I'm thinking about worrying. You got to be thankful all the time. Father, thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you for health and strength. Thank you for the clothes on my back. Thank you for the food that's on my table. Thank you that I have a local church. Thank you well that I got a place to go where truth is being ministered. Thank you for my family members. I got up this morning and everybody was doing well. Thank you that there's no pain in my body. Thank you that there's money in the count. Thank you there's money on the way to the count. You have to begin to thank God for every promise and blessing he's given you. Thank you if there's a place of employment for me today. Thank you, praise God. I'm promotable, hallelujah. Thank you for increasing me. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. We have to become 
thankful people. And church is a place where you can express your thanks, but don't let it stop at church on your way home. Thank you that the car made it safe. Everything stayed out of my lane coming and going. Thank you that every time I get on a plane, you watch over, you keep me, you stay, you, you can provide protection and stability for my life. Thank you that I have a sound mind. I haven't lost my mind to anxiety and worry and all the trials and pressures that come on. The, thank you that angels watching over my house and keeping me safe from all hurt, harm, and day. We have to become more thankful. It's a sin not to be thankful. It's a sin get up every morning and breathe and don't know that it's God touched you and started you on your way. The one of the sins that the children of Israel had, they became unthankful. They became unthankful and then their minds became reprobate. You have to be thankful for what God has done for you in this life. Amen. But we want to talk and that's a part of your prayer life. The Bible said, giving thanks always. You, one of the ways you set your mind on heavenly things, you constantly have heavenly communication with the Father all day long. You shouldn't just have just a time of prayer. Prayer should be my life. I want to talk to the Father everywhere I go. I want to talk to him. When I'm on the highways, I'm talking to him. Wherever I go, I'm in intercession. We have to become more heavenly to be what God called us to be. The Corinthians called it a mere man. When men just live by the earth with a cross around their neck, and they have no engagement in spiritual things, they're just mere men. And then let pressure come. They'll shut the whole church down. Let some kind of pressure come. Just let some kind of pressure come. They'll shut everything down because it's just a game. It's just singing songs, talent show, Talent preaching, talent singing, no power. I'm not up for that. The church should be saturated for power. You should get up and say every day, I receive power. I receive power so, my, so I don't let anything depress me. I receive power so that I, I, I overcome discouragement. I receive power to live this life. No weapon formed against me can prosper because I receive power to overcome it. I'm not going to have a bad day because this is the day that the Lord has made. He didn't make it to be a bad day. He's daily loaded me with benefits. Father, thank you for the benefits today. The church has got to be careful not to become unthankful. Thankfulness is a part of your prayer life. Praise God. And if you hadn't thanked God today for anything, this will be a good time to say, thank you, Jesus. For everything you've done for me, praise God, don't sit there like you did if you did. This is the place to get real because I'm going to help you get real. I am not here to play church with nobody. Amen, praise God. The church is a place where the gates of hell don't prevail. So I don't care what the devil is bringing. Somebody called me today and said, Pastor Rogan, I got tested positive for COVID, but the, but the symptoms are off my body. I'm do, I stay at home tonight and, and probably watch it online, but praise God, ain't a symptom in my body. I'm doing fine. Amen. Amen. Praise God. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling and maintain a hold on your body and just sit there and say, you can't do nothing about it. Amen. <laughs> no, praise God. <laughs> the way you do that, you get up and live with power. Church is supposed to be receiving power. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Receiving power is a daily experience. Amen. Why? You're going to get daily challenges. Amen. You don't want an attitude? 
You want to have an attitude day? Receive power to control your attitude. You don't want to have a moody day? Receive power to control your mood every day. Every day you need to be receiving power. It's not just one time you get saturated with the Holy Ghost, but that's got to be a part of your prayer life. When he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's going to take power to perform that. But the kingdom has come to give you power. But that's a part of your prayer life. Just like being thankful is a part of it. I receive power to do what I'm assigned to do today. I receive power to do what I need to do today. I receive power to care of my assignment. I, whether it's at work or whether it's at home. You definitely got to receive power if you're going to be a husband. Amen. Amen. Praise God because the Bible said men don't be bitter towards your wife. You need to say I receive power. 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 So I ain't bitter today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that I don't have a day of bitterness. <laughs> My toast wasn't right. I received power to keep a, keep a right attitude. <laughs> Praise God. If you're a wife, you need to receive power. I see, I receive power just to stay with him. <laughs> well, praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You're a young person. You may be in the house. I said, God, I need to receive power to stay in here. <laughs> the way people cutting up in here. I receive power. Matter of fact, I receive a double anointing <laughs> to stay up in here with these folks. Amen. Praise God. Well, you do that in prayer. Praise God forever. Yeah, I call Pastor Cynthia because she's there on the timeline. They're on a different timeline. So, you know, praise God. You know, it means something to me watching Dr. Jacobs go through this. So I'm kind of sensitive to that. I knew I said it's going to be different. It's got to be different to wake up in the morning and somebody's been there for 48 years. It's gone. And if you're not careful, a lot of times mates that leave, the other mate leaves about one year later. You got to know why you're here. You got to know why you're here. You got to know why you do what you're doing. And so when he called me up, Dr. Jason called me, he want to hang out all next week. We can hang out all next week. And you calling me for a cup of coffee, it doesn't matter it's two and a half hours drive. To me, that's just like 25 minutes to get across town. That's what it is to me. Because I value, you have to honor what really counts in your life. Sometimes people don't understand what that is, but you know, but you're learning here because I'm gonna talk to you. So they ain't nothing but a ride up the road and a ride back. And I'm living the life where I can do it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. All you got to do. I want to have a cup of coffee today. Keith, you available? It's a two-hour drive, but I know what to value in my life. You have to have a value system. You have to have an honor system and a value system for your life to have real focus. You have to know who counts. You have to know what counts. The Bible says you've got to spend your time here knowing how to value what really counts. And some people don't, and their life reflects it. You can't make it without certain people in your life. Like what Pastor Petrie said, some people have not progressed in life because the, the relationships God put in their life to promote them, they have mismanaged those relationships. No, you can't pull yourself up. 
That's why Paul said, I long to see you that I may impart to you. The impartations you need. And impartations come through prayer. It comes through preaching of the word. It comes through the laying on the hands. And it comes through private conversations. My revelation of divine healing came through a private conversation in Dallas Airport. And I learned that word saturation solves every problem. If you want something to turn, if you want to see a miracle in your life, you got to, how do miracles come? Uh, Paul told the Galatian church, how do miracles come? How does God do miracles among you? How does the Holy Spirit do miracles among you? By the hearing of faith. And sometimes you got to stay in the word all day long. Sometimes you may have to pray all day long. And the problem with most people, they do not have the discipline to pray all day if all day requires it. But that's what it's going to take to get the miracle some people need. Sometimes they don't have the discipline to spend hours in the word of God. But that's what it's going to take to get the miracle they need. Amen. Praise God. But word saturation solves all problems. You can turn anything in your life you want to turn now. You can fix anything in your life you want to fix right now if you give yourself over to enough word. Need change money? Change financial situation? Then maybe you need to pray all day and stand in the presence of God all day. You change something in your mental state? Maybe you need to be in the word longer than you in it. Matter of fact, I know that it is. The Bible said <laughs> the word is like medicine to all your flesh. Well, Hallelujah. Look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, and uh, it says right here, Jesus went into the temple of God. Notice Jesus went to church himself. Amen. Jesus went in there. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But he didn't like what he saw. You know, when, when the Lord, he promised the Father that he would worship with us. In the book of Hebrews, Jesus actually comes to your praise and worship service. Yes, he does. If you read the book of Hebrews, he comes to your praise and worship set. But if he doesn't receive honor, he won't attend it. He told the children of Israel, I don't want to hear the melodies of your music. Don't try to give me lyrics. I will reject them because of the way you dishonor me when you not at your service. I won't receive it. Praise is supposed to steal the enemy and the vengeance. Praise is supposed to call blessings to come in a church. That's what it really is supposed to do. A church and praise are supposed to have manifestation. People, spoke, people, people can get healed doing the healing service without anybody laying hands on them if he comes to worship in your midst. Amen. If he really comes to worship in your midst, you ain't got to be giving people corona test at the door. If he's going to come to the service, if he's coming to the temple, but most of the time he comes, things are not right. People want to know where the power is. The power is present at all times. The question is, is it flowing to me or is it flowing to us? And how we live in our choices every day to determine if we have a life of power. And God wants you to have a life of power. That's why he said every single day of your life, 
I want you to do an evaluation of your honor to me. The Bible said, examine yourself and see if you in the faith. Every day, I want you to do a self-check. Religion is keeping moving and practicing some service to God that he does not want and live in any kind of way I want to live. That's religion. True religion has a daily self-check. Am I living according to this word? And if I'm not, the Bible said, Father, forgive me of my trespasses. Every day I'm supposed to be talking about my relationship and the offenses that I could have brought in the relationship that hinders power in my life. Every day I'm supposed to be evaluating that. I'm not supposed to be having days I just go, weeks I just go, months I go, and I don't have self-evaluation. I come in here and preach in here, and it seems like an evaluation. What's, what's wrong with him? No. What's wrong with you? Why do I even got to preach that? Why do I even have to cover that? Why did it even come up? Why did it come up? Because there's some in the camp that's going to hinder power. And I was trained for power. Jesus told the church at the very beginning of the book of Acts, you shall receive power. I'm giving you keys to the kingdom of heaven. I want you to live with power. I want you to be the church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Corona came from hell itself. I don't care how it came, it, it, is a, it is a vise of the enemy to destroy human life. That's where it came from. All sickness comes from the devil himself because none of it was here till he got here. Amen, praise God. So I know how to treat all of it. You resist it. You, you get victory over it using the word and the spirit of power. But if it's no power, there's a problem. And the church has been functioning without power because it's living without a close relationship with God. And a close relationship with God causes you to evaluate you. It causes you to evaluate every single word. If God says, I'm going to give, you got to give an account of everything you say. Well, people don't even believe that's in the Bible. So they talk in the kind of way they want to, but you're going to have to give an account of it. And if you live life and you never cover it under the blood, you just let it set out there. Then when you need something, Isaiah 59 said, God is not stopped up with wax, deaf where he can't hear. He's supposed to hear prayer. His hand is not too short where it can't deliver. Healing is not passed away. Miracles have not passed away. Matter of fact, he said, I set them in the church. So if it's not working, we don't look to God. We look to people. We got to change. And every day he said, you got to get up and do a self-evaluation. Father, forgive me where I have transgressed against you. And then you got to do something else. Then you got to forgive everybody else that has transgressed against you. And he said, if you don't carry out that exercise every day, then your faith is not working. Your faith is not working. Prayer is supposed to be an everyday event in our life. It's the weakest ministry from my observation. And I've been in church all my life. The church I grew up never, church I grew up in from zero to 17 never had a prayer meeting. 
the second pastor that took the church over closed the prayer service down because there wasn't enough people coming. See, I ain't moved by numbers. I'm going to do it because Jesus said to do it. I'm going to do it because he said my house shall be called a house of prayer. It don't matter who come. That's his job. Maybe you don't have enough people that's worthy to stand in his presence. So stand there by yourself. You stand there long enough, you won't be standing by yourself. Because the Bible said we're living in the days where those that are honorable spoke with one another. They spoke with one another. The second church I went to, I was Pastor Cynthia's church. She took me over there. Boy, they could sing. I'm telling you. Fornicators all up in the choir. But they could sing. They really could. Homosexuals all up in the choir on the keyboards. I don't want nobody trying to talk to me about no sexual preference. I don't care what the government said two men can do and get married. I ain't marrying no two men in this church. You need to find you someplace else to go. Quick. I'm not marrying no two women in no church. We make everybody sign something. You ain't a member in this church, you ain't signed that paper. You're not. Why do you even have to cover something like this at church? Because churches marry men. Somebody came to this church and said, I thought that church was. See, if you were in the spirit, you'd have picked it up the day you walked in there. That's why the Bible said walk in the spirit, spirit of discernment. I can just listen to a man talk. It don't take long. You pick it up. Sometimes you ain't got to watch them talk. You can just look at them. Okay. Okay. That's where we are. But they left the church and came here because they had a service like that. No, that's somebody that needs to stand in the presence of God and get delivered. That's demonic. That's a demon that causes people to live that way. Welcome to the real church. See, I'm trying to get to prayer, but you can't go up in the throne room with all that on you. But they could sing, though. And as soon as I gave my life to the Lord, I just sat there. Because now all of it begins to become prevalent. It becomes open. I'm seeing more than I saw. For my, for my last tenure there, I just sat there. I just sat there. How can you get up and come in here and stand in the presence of God and sing? And when the leader lets it go on, God says that. He says, he says now, he says, my ear is not deaf, my head is not. He said, it's your sins. And normally that's when the leaders have allowed the church to go in the pathway of the world. And have not said anything about it. I'm preaching like this because I want to keep a clean house. I don't care if somebody get mad and jump up and run out. It's somebody out there hungry, just like Pastor Cynthia and Pastor Keith was years ago, wanting a church of power and hunger. They looking for a church. They looking for a church. Praise God. It's people out there like that. Why? I sold that. That's what I'm going to reap. Amen. Now anybody else can change just like I did. Amen. I was a part of that group one time, and I went, I, I closed my apartment down. You can't spend the night over here. This apartment for one person. I'm the only one on the lease. You can't stay here. 
You're going to live here. Amen. Amen. And I put my clothes back on and kept them on. Amen. I'm preaching real good right now. People are sitting up there looking at me like, <laughs> like you ain't a trip. <laughs> no, God didn't talk to me at all about ministry. He did not talk to me at all about ministry when that was my lifestyle. It wasn't until I got on my knees I said, I'm so sorry. I knew better. And cried all night. But you understand this, sir. For the rest of my life, you have my life. And that's when you start communicating with heaven. That's when you are the prodigal that has come home. And now the best that Father has belongs to you. And all of your prayers are going to be answered now. And he didn't talk to me. And I know he ain't talked to nobody. I don't care how much they shout Jesus and talk about how anointed they are. You're a mess. You're a mess that has not repented and you're rebellious and stiff-necked. And you're trying to go on acting like you got some kind of relationship with God in faith and power. And that's what the church was doing. No power in it at all. Pastor Cynthia got so sick, the demons all over her body. Her parents driving her down the highway. She wanted to open the door and jump out the car. Went to the pastor. He said, I can't help you. What's all this singing about? What's all this Jesus will fix it? What is all of this mess about? That's why people don't want nothing to do with the church. You sing about a reality that never takes place in your life. It's not that it's not real. Your hands have stopped the hand of God. And your ways have stopped God's hand from moving. He said, I won't move in an atmosphere like this. One of the, one of the, one of the prerequisites for revival is a repenting church. God, I messed up. Fix me. I, I got a bad attitude. I don't even like people, Jesus. Help me. Help me. Fix me. I don't have good relationships, not even in the house I live in. Do something with my attitude. He said, if you don't love your brother, you can't say you love me. Because you see him every day. You haven't even seen me. How are you going to say you love me? You ain't even seen me, but this is a person that's made in my image and likeness. I put them in that front of you every day. You can't speak to them. No, you're a trip. You need to repent. How do you talk about your church and talk derogatory about your church when it's here to give you life? How do you do that? Then you people want to know whether, why did it didn't work? No, prayer works. It works for the honorable people. I'm trying to talk to you about prayer. I want your songs to really do something. I want Jesus to come really worship in here. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's sad for people to know, you know, where they may not know the scripture. They just think we sang it in here. We just sang it a song. No, we just don't sing songs. I don't want just songs sang in here. Certain things I don't want even uttered in here. Why? Because there ain't no faith in it. It's not directed to God. The Bible says sing a song to the Lord. I don't want to sing a song to you. We are Abraham's seed. Well, praise God we are, but we ain't singing it. Because that's singing about you. Sing a song to the Lord. 
make a joyful noise to the Lord. Praise him. That everything that have breath, praise the Lord. And all songs don't do that. You give, you give him what he asked for. You don't submit him something you think he wants. Who is that? Uh, Aaron's son in the Old Testament. I believe it's in the book of Exodus. And they, were, they offered strange incense to God. God told him the incense. This is what I need in my incense. You put a little of this in it, a little of that. He gave, gave Moses the recipe and said, go make the incense that I want to come up in my presence and burn it in my presence. And I bless you. Them boys went and concocted something on their own and brought it in there to God. And the presence of God, because they came into his very, the tangible presence of God. And dishonor and sin cannot come into the tangible presence of God. That's why God, if he did show up in the church with them all living like it, they all die. They will. You can't come in his presence like that. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for, Father, forgive me. The Bible said if you confess your sins, he'll be faithful and just. Part of prayer is saying, Lord, I'm wrong, and I, and I receive forgiveness, and I receive power to live on another level. I'm teaching you about prayer tonight, because if you want it to work, you're going to have to do this. Amen. You're going to have to do this. Plain and simple as that. And I have to hold up a standard in this church. Because when the leader fails to hold up a standard, it's over. It's over. It's done. I already seen it. It is over. No, he said, I praise you. I will come and worship in your midst. And he starts praising in your midst. People will get healed. People will get delivered. Blessings will take place. You can, you can get promoted while you're in here praising him. And the people don't even like you. Come on now, I'm telling you the truth. Yes, and God can expand you. Praise, the Bible says when praise is good, blessings take place. The earth begins to prosper because of the praise of God. You've created a portal into heaven itself where God can come in here and bless this. Worship is prayer because it's communicating with God. We're involved in prayer. Every morning we come in here and begin to worship because we're communicating to him accompanied with music. And you on this praise team, you got to live right. You up here in front of everybody. If I find out you out there kicking it, if I find out you out there kicking it, we're going to have a conversation. You're a platform minister. I couldn't even enjoy the worship at those churches because I said, I know, I know what you're doing. <laughs> yes, I do. I know what that one over there does. I just sat there. Y'all can't believe what y'all singing. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. If you love me, Keep my commandments because whatever I'm doing is, he said the reason, he said some men love darkness rather than light. When you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you still do it, he said you can have a love for that. You can have a love for covetousness. 
You can have a love for jealousy. I just like not liking people. You can like it. And you want everybody else to be like you. So when people get around you, man, you won't be my friend. Well, we don't like them. He said, he said Dr. God's kiss. Dr. Rogan, you'd be the biggest fool in the church if you didn't teach my people right. You gave your life for this. And for you to present any kind of church, you'd be the biggest fool in that house because you're the only one that can't leave without dying. That's automatic disobedience for you. You got to stay. You can't walk out of here. Paul said, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. He said, whoever put their hands to the plow and then start looking back, he ain't even worthy of me. He's talking about the leaders. He's talking about the leaders. The fivefold ministry is for the perfecting of the saints. Without the pastors, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the apostle, people can't make it. They cannot make it. You get rid of the church, it's over. And they're going to get a chance to live without the church. We're going to be ratchet up out of here. You're gonna, the world's going to get a chance to see what it's like without you and me. It's going to be all mine. You do not want to be here. You think Corona is bad. Matthew chapter 12, verse 21. I'm almost done. I got 12 minutes left. Somebody say, praise God. He's almost done with his, grill, with his grilling session. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, Dr. Je Dr. Dufresne will come. Dr. Dufresne will come through there, man. I tell you what. I got, I got, I got his anointing in my life. But there's some profit in me. I'm just telling you. Some of it is in my life. He just didn't play. He just come say what he had to say. He didn't care nothing about how you felt about it at all. He's a general in the body of Christ. I'm the one to do the petting, you know. I'll pet you if you need petting. I will pet you. I'm a pastor. Praise God. Love on you. He just come in there and just did what he did. He's a prophet. And Dr. Jacobs got it on him too. And I've been around him so long a lot because it's on me too. You got to have a real church. And that's what he knew that what God was doing. Because Kenneth Hagin told him, what's God in doing in earth? Building strong local churches. And when Jesus walked in this one, it didn't look like a strong local church. <laughs> Let's read this. It didn't look like a strong local church. Matthew 21, verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out them. Some people say he threw stuff out. No, it said them. <laughs> people really want to try to make that Jesus sweet, sweet baby Jesus. That holds the little dirty lamb. <laughs> That's the picture they painted of him. That's the only one you see. You ain't seen a real picture of Jesus yet. You ain't seen a real picture of him in the earth. Everybody got that Jesus with that little lamb. <laughs> I don't care where you go. I don't care what part of the country you go in. I don't care what nation you go in. There's Jesus with that little lamb. Down boy. That is not him. He was on fire for the church. He said, the zeal of God has consumed me. 
It burns in me. It's a rage, a fire that cannot be quenched and a fire cannot be stopped. I'm going to have my house. I'm going to build my church. That's the real Jesus. And I praise God that I'm going to lay everything out. I'm going to start out with a flat foundation. I'm going to get rid of every crooked place. I'm going to bring up every valley. And I'm going to bring down every mountain. And I'm going to be the cornerstone of the church. What the church should look like is me. And I'm the cornerstone of this thing. I'm so glad for the people who came along and built our building. Our building is not crooked. It's a real rectangle. It's not a trapezoid. <laughs> Some of you will trapezoid. Well, anyway, you missed geometry. <laughs> Praise God. Because <laughs> the corners are square. I sat there and watched him. This man made a template. He sat there and got on the corner and said, Pastor Rogan, your corners have to be 90 degrees. And this is what I do. I set corners of buildings. <laughs> and when he got it all lined, he poured the concrete. And the corners are etched in stone. Amen. Jesus said, I'm the cornerstone. And, and I set this thing. And, and praise God. And I'm building you up on the foundations of the apostles and prophets and the teachers. Praise God. I'm not going to have a crooked church. Every way has got to be straight. Everything has got to be made plain. You got to do this right. We don't have a whole lot of time left. They're coming out there on them hill. The people are coming. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I don't want them to see no mess with my name on it. <laughs> no, I am not. Yes, they are coming. Where's your church pastor? <laughs> People asking, wait. Yes, they are. People tend to come to everything new. They, they come in vengeance. What are they doing in here? Jesus walked in there and said, y'all, plan. <laughs> yes, he did. He walked in there and said, y'all, plan up in here. I ain't got the prayer yet. He said, my house is supposed to be a place of intercession. We supposed to be praying up in here. Dr. Jacob said, when are you starting your services? I said, we're going to be praying every day. Monday. Every day is noonday prayer. You think I care who comes? I can talk to him myself. I have a relationship with him. But people that are available, I ain't telling you you got to miss your job. But if you would go to a movie on your lunch break, you know, to see Creature Feature 5, so excited about it. I'm just going to spend my lunch break and I'm going to go to watch Creature Feature 5 with my co-workers. Then I need to see you at prayer. I'm just saying that what I do with my availability, God watches it. He watches what I do with my availability. If I'm available for recreation at a certain time, and then all of a sudden prayer is called at a certain time, and really I could make that, but I just don't have a desire to do it. But if it was recreational, that counts. He watches that. He said, Peter, do you love me? Actually, it just comes down to a relationship 
with Jesus. It ain't about church. Church is for people that have a relationship with Jesus. And they come to worship the Father with him and to praise him. They just want to be with him. They come to this place, they know that living against the word don't pay. Living in sin is not the best way to live this life. It's good when you have that experience. Now you can look at, you can just listen to me tell you that. Batman used to try to tell the Riddler and the Joker, crime doesn't pay. That's the y'all didn't even know, y'all didn't even seen the good one. Y'all missed all the good Batman show. All this dark night stuff that's out there and that is highly dramatized. You know, when Batman hit somebody, then he said, pow! They put the letter up there. You let you know he really popped it. Zang! They write that on there. Now, this ain't the real Batman. They ain't hitting like that now. They hit hard back then. They had the words come up. And, and Batman had to hit them hard because they wouldn't listen. He kept telling them crime does not pay. <laughs> See, they, so they wouldn't listen to him. So here you come, pow, zang. <laughs> I don't know why people <laughs> got to have the words put on them. <laughs> Y'all to know that the way of the transgressor is hard. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Get hard for you living out there like that. I found that out. I don't want to be out there. I told a young man today, I saw him at the funeral. I said, boy, you know you need to be with me. See, this is the padding talk. I said, ain't nothing you're doing out there working. And you know it. This is just God loving on you right now. There may not be anybody talk to you like this for the rest of the day. You need to be with me. I hear you, Pastor. Well, I hope you do. Because Satan's out there. Seeking. Somebody said he's seeking too. They did say he was seeking, didn't he? Did he get up every day? <laughs> Who out there want to live dirty today? Who can we get today? <laughs> Tell him I'm not available. I'm just not available. <laughs> I'm just not available. I'm riding with Jesus today. Get me behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus had to tell him. Jesus had to tell him, get on down the road. Go on down the road. We ain't rolling today. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not next year. I'm totally in love with Jesus. I'm totally in love with him. He said he cast out them. Oh, he just threw out. No, he grabbed people. I have told people, don't you ever come back here again. You're done. I ain't got to tell you what they've done. It's atrocious. See, everybody come to church ain't supposed to be here. But I got to give everybody a chance. But this is atrocious. I ain't got to tell you what it is. 
It's atrocious. I could not believe that you would utter. You don't give people a chance. You're going to lose a lot of good people. You're not good people. And I don't trust you around the flock no more. You have to take people's life. I do not trust you here anymore. I will not give you another chance to do what you just did. Not in this life. Can you repent? Yes. Repent at Mount whatever church. Let them do that. He threw them out, didn't he? He sold this sold dove and brought in the temple and th overthrew the money tables and the money changers, the seat of them that sold doves. They were giving God their worst. What they were supposed to do, what does the money changers do? <laughs> because you, you travel so far, you come into worship, into Jerusalem to worship at a certain time in the year. And because your journey was so far, you just had to bring money. And then when you got there, you bought an animal for the blood sacrifice that you were supposed to offer. Where the people start selling the worst animals. When you got there, you couldn't find a good one. And the money changes were part of selling and, bring, and making money, but giving God the worst worship you could give. The church is in the, the, church is in the act of giving God the worst. They ignore his word. They ignore his discipline. They ignore what he said to do. They want to bring him their worst. To the point, the book of Acts, the church was meeting every day. Now they're down to two days a week. And the Bible said there comes a day that none seek after God. The devil's seeking them, but they're not seeking after God. All have sinned and come short of the glory. And Jesus had to come and die. God had to send his son to let, him, let us know that he really loved us. And he cared about man and this planet. Said he was scattered. He was fainting. They were like sheep without a shepherd. They had no protection. They were being victimized by darkness and demonic spirits. And Jesus will walk in the church and people are sick in the church. People sick all over Jerusalem. Nobody can get healed in the church. People living in sin, and then when he walked, the very place that the people should have got set free from, the very men that should have been working to set people free and causing them to have healing and deliverance and getting word, they had polluted his house. And he just went one by one, start throwing them out. And this is what happened. People don't like to preach about this. They want to preach about the sweet baby Jesus, Mary's baby. He threw them out. He said it to them. He had to do it twice. He had to do it at the beginning of his ministry. This is at the end. The book of John, he had to do it at the very beginning of his ministry. Because people have a tendency to revert back if you don't constantly remind them of the truth. So he had to do it at the beginning of his ministry, and he had to do it at the end. Threw them out. And he said this. He said, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. I know it's a job for families to get here on time. Some people have to drive hours to get here because we don't have worship service on, this, on the north side of town. And they have to drive 
and get children ready to church. I know what that's like. I had four children. Pastor said that I had to get them to church. You got to find everybody's shoe. You have to find shoes. If it's a family of six, there's 12 shoes that have to be found. 12 pair of socks, pants, and underwear, and shirts, and ties. All that stuff has to be put in place to get here. It just ain't going to happen automatically. Or you come in with a brown shoe. Have you ever looked down in the service and down there, oh, Lord Jesus, don't let me fall out in the spirit. <laughs> Two different pair of shoes. <laughs> a black one and a brown one. Uh, polka dot side. <laughs> and a plain one. Don't let me fall out. I guess I won't be running today because my pants come up. You'll see my side. No, worship takes time. They have to practice. It takes something for them to have to give up their time on Saturdays where everybody else is doing whatever they want to do. They do that. Jesus is sitting there watching everything. The Bible said God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and how you minister to the saints and still do men. He sees everything. He told the churches in the book of Revelations, I know your works. I know, you, I know about your service for me and my house. He watches everything. Not about somebody else seeing you. It's not about me seeing you. He's watching. People come in here and they set up and all you guys. I mean, it's, it's to put a speaker up. I told somebody, I said, I, get, I, I offer them an assignment. I said, can you help with the sound equipment? I've never done that before. I didn't either, but I did it. I said, I was the first sound technician in this church. You're looking at it. And I'd never done it before. He said, okay, I'll do it. Because he's thinking, well, you the pastor, you did that? You should have done it because I asked you. They ain't asking you to do it. On your job, if they ask you to do something you've never done before, you'd have done that. People so want to devalue the house of God. They come when they get ready. Let the devil slap them. They're all on my phone. Who is this? Now, Pastor Cynthia, when she don't see you, she'll delete your number. <laughs> so you better call me back. <laughs> Amen, because I kept you. I keep numbers. I still got them on it. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why I do. I just, leave, I just keep moving. But she thinks about deleting you. She'll be riding in the car. Oh, let's get rid of them. <laughs> so, when they call back, it's just a number that comes up. And somebody got really offended. She said, who is this? Who is this? 
They got offended. You know, when you want good relationships, you just can't pop in once a year. That's the thing called reciprocity. It's the best message I ever heard T.D. Jakes preach. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Everybody's shouting and running and jumping. Because every time you talk about blessing, everybody feel like they're a candidate. <laughs> okay. Matter of fact, he make you feel like you're a candidate. But you ain't getting blessed. You know you're a trip. Yes, you are. You a straight-up trip. You just stumbled into T.D. Jakes meeting. And he can, he can get you fired up because he's got the anointing for exhortation. That's a gift. But he ain't talking to everybody. Sometimes you should have said, sit down, sit down, sit down. Not get ready, get ready. <laughs> repent, repent, repent. You start preaching that, everybody ain't jumping and shouting. And <laughs> repent, repent, repent. They should be because if you repent, you're on your way, baby. <laughs> He'll wipe away all your sins. And he said, your sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. No. He said, if I'm not here, some people won't even come. I think Caleb got him and preached this past Sunday. He said, my dad wasn't there, and I preached to six people just because he wasn't there. As if I would put somebody up that wouldn't give you the word. It's just an excuse for people to be who they really are. Uncommitted, undevoted, not unreliable, unfaithful. And Jesus is watching that. Because even if I didn't come, he said, I will worship you, Father, in the midst of the brethren. He came. He came and I wasn't here. I want your prayer life to work. Why do I talk like this? Because I want prayer to work. The Bible said this is the confidence, 1 John 5. Whatever we ask according to his will, he hears us. And you can just put it in your book. I love what Denzel Washington said. He said you need to be thanking God for what he promised you, but you don't have it. Tangibly. Now, you have it in the spirit. But you need to be thanking him for what's already yours, even though you don't have it in your tangible possession, but you have it in your spiritual possession because he promised it. You need to be thanking him. I love what he said. If you're going to fail, fail big. <laughs> don't, don't go out and try to do something real little. Go do something real big for Jesus. Don't go out and do something real little. Go do something real big for Jesus. And let God show up for you. But you won't fail if you trust him. And if you worship with him. And you become the house of prayer. There is no failure. There is no failure in God. And this is what Jesus said. It is written. Somebody say it is written. <laughs> My house. That means he's not going to stop. He started praising God what he didn't have he said my house is not that right now but I have written it and I'm praising God for it right now because I don't have it but my house shall be called a house of prayer 
I'm going to have a place where people are interceding and being heard on high. I'm going to have a house where angels are ascending and descending. Angels are moving so swiftly because of the blessings that are taking place in the earth. I'm going to have angels ministering manifestations. I'm going to have the Holy Ghost manifesting power in this house of prayer. People are going to walk in lame but walk out walking. Amen. People are going to go in blind but come out seeing. People are going to go in with cancer and come out completely made whole. This is the house of prayer. I'm going to have a house like that. Yes, I am. I'm going to have a place where God manifests himself and he's heard and the people are heard by their heavenly father. I'm going to have a house of prayer. I'm going to have a place where the power of God resides. And I'm going to have a place where power goes out of a church. The people go in and they get saturated over and over with the power. And wherever they go, blessings there. If they're on the job, blessings there. If they're in the home, blessing is there. Power's there. These are the people they're going to lay hands on the sick. And the sick shall recover. They're going to cast out devils, praise God. No deadly thing shall harm them. And wherever they go, the Lord is going with them, confirming the word with signs following. My house, he said, is mine. It shall be called a house of prayer. One place and said, it's a house of prayer for all nations. You want your intercession to work wherever you go. You got to take care of the house. And you got to take care of your own personal life so that the presence of God, that God values what you say because you get up every day. You live with value. You live with value. And because you live with value, he values everything you say. And the Bible said, and the Lord went with them in Mark chapter 16, confirming every word. Joshua said, not one word. You think that was going to fail? My house shall be called. He said, it is written. Not one word. Joshua said, and Jesus is the New Testament Joshua. Joshua said, not one word of all the good things Father have promised us, not one word shall fail to come to pass. This is the house of prayer. And we're going to talk to God like we ain't never talked to him before. We're going to walk in his presence. You're going to see an outpouring like you ain't never seen in your life. Because we were born for it. Yeah. <laughs> we were born for it. That's what this church stands for. It stands for revival. Yeah. It ain't like no other place, I'm just telling you. Unless the place is hungry for God. Yeah. The Bible said it, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Righteousness is, I'm so, I'm so thirsty for what God has planned for me. I'm so thirsty for my assignment. He threw them people out because they didn't have no assignment. They weren't thirsting after righteousness. He threw them out. Righteousness means you want God, what God planned for your life. You want the reason why you were born to come into manifestation. You want the glory that's been reserved for you to show up. You want the Jesus and the image that you are supposed, supposed to have common with him to manifest. That's what righteousness is. He said, they that hunger for it. Have you ever been hungry? Hungry. Kenneth Hagin said, you don't pray for the gifts of the Spirit, you get hungry for them. You don't pray for revival, you get hungry for it. You don't pray for the Holy Ghost to come on your life, you get hungry for it. You tell him, I can't live without you. I got to have you every day in my life. 
Well, I'm hungry, praise God. Is anybody hungry with me? When you're hungry, you go after the thing you're hungry for. I'm after it. Man, I used to be hungry for cheeseburgers. <laughs> if I got any money at all, I was heading for the place where they made cheeseburgers. I wouldn't put no money in no piggy bank. They used to buy them little fat pigs, and they had to slit in the back and tell you to drop your money in there. They could no money stay in my piggy bank. Soon there was enough in there to purchase a cheeseburger. I was shaking that pig. Give it up. <laughs> Pulling this plug out of the bottom. You give this up now. <laughs> we on our way to there because I'm hungry. Hey, praise God. When you hungry for God, <laughs> everything you got, you give it up so you can attain him. Yeah. Bible said when you find the kingdom, when you seek the kingdom, anybody passionate about the kingdom, they sell everything that they may attain it. Praise God. We're the church that's going after it all. Amen. Yeah. Lift your hands to heaven. Praise God.